The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, now, following uh, Minister for Education Norma Foley's uh, adjusting of the Leaving Cert r- plans because of uh, AI concerns moving away from teacher based assessment to external assessment. The whole question of the place of AI in the school curriculum is one that is up for discussion. Dr Keith Quill is a senior lecturer at the School of Enterprise, Computing and Digital Transformation at TU Dublin and is speaking at the ETB of the Future Conference, which is taking place in Cork City Hall from today. And he joins me now. Keith, good morning. Thank you, and thank you for having me on the show, Pat. Now, everybody's talking about uh, the AI taking over the classroom, writing that perfect essay or even that perfect intro or answering a question. And really, unless the student is there without a computer and a pen and paper in their hand, you won't be able to believe a word they produce. It's true. They're really, really good at what they do. In fact, there's lots of studies out there that have shown how good they are at, at exams. But I suppose I have a better question to ask is that if these tools are here and they're that good and there's no disputing that, I mean, what should the future of education look like? I mean, what should the future of assessment look like? I mean, these tools are here to stay. Um, something comes to mind. There's a, a 1986 post on the Washington Post where teachers went on strike in the States over calculators. And their question that they had on the headlines was to calculate or not to calculate and when? And I think the same kind of question applies now with the use of AI in education in our classrooms. Um, but it's, it's kind of different because uh, obviously some people can still do mental arithmetic. They can uh, do, you know, fairly straightforward calculations. They might tot up in their head uh, the bill at the, at the till before uh, the shop assistant does it on a machine. Um, but when it came to very complex uh, calculations and logarithmic things, you know, the scientific calculator was a, a real boon because it just simply saved time. And people still knew how to do the calculations, but the, the, the yeah, my modern scientific calculator did it quicker and, and uh, more reliably, I suppose. But AI is taking over some of the basic building blocks, composition, understanding. So, and I'd like to, to talk about the understanding. I mean, this is one of the big sort of misconceptions that exist out there. These things like ChatGPT, or they're called large language models. I mean, they predict statistically, basically, the next word that's in a sentence, and they don't always get this right. So they look at the internet. It was trained on the entire internet, pretty much. So they're not, they're not infallible. These tools make mistakes. And I guess if these tools are going to be embedded everywhere, for productivity, for example, we need to give the students a chance to be able to use them. And it's a balancing act. I'm not saying these should take over absolutely everything, but I'm also not saying we should ban them outright if these tools are going to be part of our, our digital competencies okay. going forward, so, I guess. So explain to me how they might be used. I mean, you've been thinking about this, and I'm sure you think about one resolution, then you say, oh, sure. oh no, that won't work because... Um, So what have you concluded? How might they be used effectively in the classroom? So what we're really looking for is these tools can build things quick. Let's take a CV. My my domain is computing, but let's take something like a CV. These things can write a CV almost instantaneously, right? And for for years, if you're writing a CV or cover letter, a lot of the time, the initial drafting is is the bit that is most time-consuming, right? So if we change to, say, let ChatGPT do some of this, and I'm, I'm, I'm always with a balancing hat, if that's okay, but if it does some of it, we can move on to more evaluation stage, which is like, it's a higher form of learning, which means students can tweak or modify a sort of base... So there's, there's like scaffolding that we can apply here. In computing, we call it abstraction. And I mean, it's, it is, there is possible ways to sort of coexist with it and use it to improve, help us and move up to like higher order thinking, like evaluation or tweaking. I'm sure if you write an article, your favorite bit like mine is, is the tweaking at the very end to make sure the story is concise. And the first bit is always the most tedious part to get something down on the paper. 
So you're saying that if I was asked to write an essay on uh, Chaucer, for example, uh, and I would just say uh, to ChatGPT, off you go, write me 400 uh, words on Chaucer, and, and then that gives me my starting point, and then I start to tweak it myself. But, you know, is that really a learning exercise? When no, ChatGTP has done basically the research work and all the rest of it, that uh, maybe you know, we we're always told that in the course of researching, you teach yourself so much. For sure. And this is what's really important. These tools don't research. They make up the next word. So a lot of the time, if you see citations, currently anyway, um, they're maybe not correct. And this is a really important point. They don't, they guess the next word and then they guess the next word following this. So it's the misconceptions that are, that are the, they're sort of the first hurdle to come over with for, for everybody, for teachers and educators. And we don't know the answer to this. I mean, if we accept this, well, then, as you say, verbatim, our student submits it straight from one of these tools. That's, that's, not, that's not ideal. That's not even remotely on the radar. But if we can use these tools to reassess how we learn and, and, and use these tools, because they're going to be there. I mean, they're going to be built into every word processor we're ever going to have going forward. If we can kind of, and we're going to have to do this with trial and error. Nobody knows the answer to this yet. I mean, the only thing we're kind of sure on that we see a lot coming up in the research is that we evaluate the process rather than the black box end product. And that is, that currently, that is our problem. If we look at, a, as you said, something that's submitted, it's impossible to tell. Whereas if we look at how the student goes along and, for example, does their research to, you know, and use the tools in collaboration with this, it might be a better way forward. We don't know the answers, of course. Um, even in my institution, we're, we're still trying to figure out mm. how we're going to move forward. But the tools are here. And I, I guess that is the, sort of the first statement. But they're, they're, the misconceptions around them, like the word hallucinating, for example, computer, computer scientists don't do themselves any favor by calling these algorithms that they hallucinate, when really what it just means is it gets the output wrong. It guesses the wrong word or the wrong sentence. And I suppose we think then that they're much more intelligent and they've done research, or we even use the word they, assuming they're kind of humanoid, so we really have to be careful about how we, we move forward with this, I guess. Uh, do you see, though, what might change in schools, uh, that, that people would actually go back to that exam with the pen and paper? Well, uh, you know, locked the, in a room and that's the way it's got to be. Otherwise, you know, continuous assessment goes out the window because it's only chat GPT uh, doing the work for you. Uh, you've got a complex mathematical problem, feed it into one of these AI machines, out comes the answer. So... Correcting the answer is no good anymore. Even looking at the method for which you might get some marks is no good anymore because it's the machine doing it. Not necessarily. I mean, take, for example, one of the new subjects that were recently released, the Leaving Cert Computer Science. They have a coursework element already built in. And originally it was thought or idea was that it would be all based on the code they do. But in fact, that's the least amount of marks in the coursework assessment. The rest of it is for a presentation, their understanding, evaluation of it. And that's really important. So I'm not saying it's completely ChatGPT foolproof, but there is, there is a progress being made at least that they're not traditional, let's hand up a, a piece of paper, a document or a thesis. They, they're possible to check, to be fair. Um, so I guess the idea is that, like the Leaving Cert Computer Sciences, look more along the, evalue, uh, the process of the development of it, that the student has to, you know, group work, teamwork, um, interviews, demonstrations, like you would in a, sort of, in a, in a, in a typical job as well. Do you see it then as an evolution in the same way as uh, before, if uh, I was doing a bit of research for um, this program, for example, I would uh, go into various databases, it might be a newspaper database or whatever it might be to get the facts. Now I just Google it and uh, I get the facts at my disposal and I have a reasonable degree of trust because what is Google doing? It's finding the best 
sources of information uh, that it can find, and it might include the Guardian in, in the UK, the Telegraph in the UK, the New York Times, the Irish Times, whatever. Um, yep. And it presents it to me. So rather than having to go through the slog of each of those databases myself, uh, it's done for me. So is that how you see chat GPT is, is just an evolution? I see a balance for it, exactly. And like, as Google was just much slower to come in, but we use it all the time, but it's it's still our expertise to evaluate what Google returns to us, to check it. And they're the skills I think that are really important. ChatGPT is just a very quicker way of doing this. And again, like I said, if students are aware of the pros and cons of it, the tool can be used. Do we have any idea really how the tool will be in five or 10 years? No. But it's it's definitely there. It's, it gives us an extra layer of abstraction so we can do things a bit quicker, like when Google come out, you could search. These things do help. Be, I, don't, I don't like using the word productive, but it can help us scaffold it so we can move on to sort of, you know, more, more higher order tasks, which are beneficial to students. Dr. Keith Creel is a senior lecturer at the School of Enterprise Computing and Digital Transformation at TU Dublin and is speaking at the ETB of the Future Conference, which is taking place in Cork City Hall from today. Uh, Keith, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.